Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dawn, I mean, you also forgot the biggest story, too. What? Mm. Maybe Nick, I'm saving it for the big dirt alert. What is it? Nick Cannon mm. having yeah. his 17th baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it 11? I think. And then no, 12 this is 13. On the Something like that. Oh, we're already God. up to 13? I'm almost positive. Oh. Yeah. I think it's 12. Oh, wow. Maybe. We talked about that last week, though. Well, no, there's another one. So this is 13. <laughs> The fact that the three of us don't 11, know is this part is 11, of the story. And then 12 is still cooking. Look, okay. this That's what my understanding is. This is why it's hysterical. Okay. Yeah, we don't even fine. know. It's fine. That's but great. I love it so much. Maybe it doesn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. A baker's dozen? Baker's dozen! Baker's dozen! <laughs> you know what, you know, and also, did you guys, <laughs> for SNL, did you yeah. guys love the House of Dragon skit? Oh, yeah. I died. was hollering. It was so funny. I don't funny. even watch House of Dragon, and it was funny to me. Oh, oh Chappelle bringing back some of his characters from Chappelle's show. Yeah. Like Rick James uh, yeah. on the dragon. Oh God! It was... <laughs> I love the Chappelle show. Yes. If anything, just watch that. Yes. Larry Targaryen. It was iced tea. <laughs> and then he said he looked like E.T. E.T. dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> iced tea looked like when they dressed up E.T. for Halloween. That was so good. I laughed out loud on that one. Oh. Yeah, that was good. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're so glad you're here. You are listening to our third and final hour of Jason and Alexis in the morning on this Monday, November 14th, 2022. Uh, coming up, we have a asshat part two, the dirt alert, uh, some TV talk. Dawn's going to tell you uh, if this episode of Bake Off was any uh, less weird than last week's. Oh. And then I have a, a podcast that I've been just just devouring with the Minnesota Connection. But right now. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an ass. Am I wrong? Am I the asshat? Part two. Yes, this is a relationship between two women. Oh. Ooh, Ooh. In their early 30s. I have been with my wife, Ava, for eight years now. We've been married for five. She was a single mom of three kids when we started dating. She has two daughters, now 10 and 12, and a son, now 16. I've watched these kids grow up. I've read the bedtime stories, done bath time, the first day of school, PTA meetings, all of it. I very much consider them to be my kids, and they've been calling me mom for almost six years now. My brother Ivan just had a baby girl with his fiance. I love my niece, and my kids adore their cousin. 
My kids have been the only grandchildren on my side of the family since Ava and I got together, and there's never been a moment where the kids and my wife were treated like they didn't belong. My brother's their uncle, and my mom and dad are their nana and pop. The kids see the family as their family, and I always thought that my family felt the same way about them. The kids and I were over at my brother's house just hanging out, and my parents ended up dropping by with gifts for my niece. Ivan laughed when he saw the toys and told our mom and dad that they were going to end up spoiling her rotten. My mom said, since my niece is their first grandchild, of course, they have to spoil her. My kids were sitting in the living room with all of us, and my youngest daughter looked hurt when she realized what my mother said. My son and my 12-year-old didn't fully react to it. But I could tell it bothered them both, too. Hmm. Sarah spoke up and said, oh, you mean first grandbaby, not first grandchild. My dad shook his head and replied that my niece was their first grandchild. I didn't want my kids to keep sitting there and listening to that. So I handed my son my keys and told him to wait in the car with his sisters. When they were done, I asked my parents why the hell they'd say that. My kids weren't their grandchildren. And my mom said they couldn't be their grandchildren because they weren't really my children. <gasps> oh. Um, my wife and I were going to be hosting Thanksgiving at our house this year, but I told my parents that if they didn't view my kids as their family, they could just host a meal at their own house with their, quote, real family while I spent the holiday with mine. I left before they could say anything else to me, and my wife and I have reiterated to the children that they will always be my kids and I will always be their other mom regardless of our dna my brother is mad at me now because he thinks i reacted too harshly and that i should try to see where my parents are coming mm. from my mom texted saying that she and my dad uh love the kids but they still aren't their grandchildren and she hopes that we can come to understand that because she doesn't want this to ruin my niece's first thanksgiving the baby i haven't replied back i mean what i said I, I mean, I meant what I said, but I'm worried that maybe I'm reacting too harshly. Nope. I adopted all three of these kids, so they oh are adopted God. by her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, no, she adopted all of the kids about four years ago, so they aren't just my parents' quote, step-grandchildren. Even if I hadn't legally adopted them, there's, they'd still be my kids in my eyes. Yes. Then she did an edit and said, my wife's parents don't have a relationship with the kids. When my wife came out, they pretty much stopped speaking to her entirely. Their biological dad is not involved, and neither is his family. He mm. lost his rights to the children before Ava and I started dating. The 10-year-old has never met him. The 12-year-old doesn't remember him. And the 16-year-old wants nothing to do with him. My parents wanted the kids to call them Nana and Pop. I don't make the kids start calling them. I did not make them start calling them that. So, in so many words, they don't have another set of grandparents or a relationship with the uh, father. So, this is their only family. Okay. Which makes it. So, am I the ass No, not the ass hat. You're a hero, actually. How about Boy. that? Yeah. Do you think it's their parents' homophobia in many ways? Yes. Because they, I'll step lesbians. in quickly on that one. Yeah. Yeah, because look, I, I, I probably see this through a different kaleidoscope. I would hope that if Colin and I did, in fact, decide to have kids and one kid was maybe from my DNA or my stuff and Colin had, I would hope that Mama Haas would treat, you know what I mean? Uh, The the kid that's a little bit of me 
the same as the baby that was a little bit of Colin and vice versa with my mom. And I think both would be true. I know both would be true. Absolutely. Um, the more the merrier. Yeah. Uh, because. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad and sick. Yes. They don't deserve to have those kids in their lives, unfortunately. No. If that's your attitude. Bye. Yes. It's already. I hope the parents really realize, too, it's it's. It's already a struggle. Just think about this. It's already a struggle for the couple in general to feel legitimate in the eyes. And we know this as gay people. We already feel like we have to justify our love to so many people in society. To feel the need to do that within our own family is devastating. Well, and also your daughter has adopted these children. They are her kids. Yeah, I'm just talking on a baseline oh, no, no, level, no. I, too. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah. 100% agree with you. I'm just saying yeah. this is, it's even, it's not that, that it's just, it's even deeper than that. Yes. She has made a commitment to these children. They're her kids. Yeah. Why can't you recognize that? Oh, it's let's, terrible. Ugh. Let's go to the phone lines. Dawn, who should we go to first? We are talking to, whoa, Tracy right now. Hi, whoa. Tracy. Hello. Hi. Hello. What Who's say the, you? What say you? So, I had to start calling as soon as you read the part that I legally adopted. I couldn't stand hearing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I would have I would have hoped that my oldest child that I had adopted knew how to drive because I would have beat up my parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Because coming from a person that's been in a relationship with little girls and their mom had passed away and they asked me specifically can we call you mom and my whole conversation was is that what you want to do if it is absolutely i am your mom i will care for you the same as i care for my own and how dare they say well they're not my grandchildren uh yeah they are and if you don't admit to it if you don't accept it we fighting it's disgusting how some people are just like, well, you're not of my blood. Does blood really count when it's the people that you love and care for, especially when it's children? And so many people are like, oh, don't hurt the kids. And but you are hurting the kids. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thank uh, you, Tracy. I don't get it. Totally thank, thank you. Have a good day. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You too. Meg, grandparents are yes. Yeah. Let's uh, go to Megan. Right on. Yep. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Megan, how, how do you feel you? about this? I'm great, Megan. We're great. How about We're you? Heated. Yeah. Right. How about so, you? I'm adopted. Oh. And I was adopted back in the day, uh, in the '70s. But never ever did I ever feel like I wasn't. That, that I wasn't my parents' daughter. Yeah. And shame on those grandparents, especially, I mean, irregardless of the, the fact that those children were legally adopted by this woman, how, can you imagine being those kids mm-hmm. and being at Thanksgiving and everybody's happy because it's, you know, little Sally's first Thanksgiving, but maybe it's, you know, Joey's 16th Thanksgiving, but he doesn't feel enough. Yeah. Like that... That theme of not feeling enough is very, very prevalent in adopted individuals. Yeah. And those grandparents are perpetuating that 
trauma. And I, I just think it's disgusting. Yeah. Well yeah. said, Megan. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and again, I'm just saying it because I forgot who asked if Alexis or Dawn said it. Um, if it if it comes down to even a little ribbon of homophobia, I don't know these people, but to me, it it smells of that. Yeah. And and I'll oh. go back to what I said before. It, it, it reeks of it, and yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's just it's disgusting on every single level. And the fact that they don't accept those children as their grandchildren speaks volumes to the type of people that they are, and yeah. speaks volumes to how wonderful this couple is to be giving these children who have been abandoned by everybody a family and love, regardless. Love is love is love, and definitely not the asshat. And uh, just like Tracy said, she hopes her, her son would drive her. I'd catch a charge. You'd have to bail me out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, charge. Megan. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> Dawn, how do you feel? I'm, uh, we're running out of time here, but I, I want to get how you feel. I just think it's incredibly insensitive that they said that in front of the children that are the adopted children. I can't believe how, some of the things that fly out of people's mouths sometimes mm, around yeah. kids. Um, that is not something you say. And I'm glad that at least the sister-in-law, that when I said Sarah, that's the sister-in-law, said, don't you mean first grandbaby? Like, she defended them. Um, but it's just the trauma that the kids would feel unloved in the moment is, it's just so odd to me. And if of course she's not the asshat for not inviting them. I think at some point they do need to come together because it's going to be better for the kids. They need to really talk this out and really let them know in a way that could maybe involve a counselor how their mm-hmm. words were harmful. Yeah. You know, that way the kids don't suffer anymore feeling yep. unloved. They, they need to be educated, which is I, a long uh... answer for saying she's not the asshat. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I I feel just as bad for the couple as I do for the kids because it's exhausting. It it's is. exhausting trying to feel validated and accepted. And I uh, yeah, sending love to the couple t- as well. We're going to take a break when we come back. The dirt alert next. This is a my talk dirt alert. Welcome back to the show. Jason and Alexis in the morning, right here on my talk and streaming around the galaxy on our app. I'm Jace with Lex and Dawn. It's time to get caught up with the big headlines of the day in the Dirt Alert with Dawn McClain. Yes, Mackenzie Scott. She is the ex-wife of... This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Jeff Bezos, uh, she gives out millions of dollars and we love her for it. Uh, when they divorced, she got a ton of money. <laughs> She's given out like over a billion so far. So this mm-hmm. is her latest venture. She just donated over the weekend $2.5 million to an Ohio high school, which largely serves minority students. Oh. And it's going to give them a jump start on their college credits because right now um, their curriculum, it, it focuses on STEM, science, tech, engineering, and mathematics. Mm-hmm. And it gives them the opportunity to take classes at nearby colleges for college credit. But they really didn't have enough funding to make that available to everyone. So the superintendent uh, said that um, typically they spend 350000 a year on enrolling 84% of their students in university classes. But her donation will allow everybody to take college classes. And so that was a great gift that she gave them. Um, And um, it's also going to help with transportation. The kids need to go from school to their internships and back. And that's been a huge obstacle in the past. So she's helped that the money goes towards that as well. And uh, what else does it do? Oh, gosh, there's so many things. She also, oh, she also donated... um, Millions of dollars to several nonprofits in Ohio, including a $6.5 million donation to the Columbus Urban League. So this is her life's work is that she goes around the country and finds, you know, organizations, school districts and things that are not getting huge attention. And she just gives them money. It's fantastic. I just oh. love what she does. A dream, what a good it? human. What yeah. a good she human. Because she could have... T- she could have sat back in my herself. I mean, I'm sure she's doing okay. Trust me, because it was the mm-hmm. astronomical the amount of money that she got in that divorce. But the fact that she takes her time to yep. recognize just things here and there that would never get any attention is just such a beautiful thing. So take that Bravo. with you on a Monday morning, right? Good mm-hmm. human. Good yes, human. Good human. Um, so Bud Freeman passed away. He is the founder of the improv in New York. He was a pioneer and he boosted the careers of Jay Leno, Richard Pryor, Bette Midler, Andy Kaufman, so many others. And, uh, he was 90 years old. He died on Saturday of heart failure. Um, but you know, he, I mean, it's just like, he's the one that like in New York improv that people talk about. Yeah. So, um, he, he's the equivalent of uh, Mitzi Shore yeah. on the West Coast with the Comedy Store. I mean, it's oh, it's right. both of these individuals, mom. yeah, um, launched so many careers, just pillars in the stand-up business. Right, and then they ended up having uh, 20-plus improv schools across the country that were, you know, instrumental in starting a lot of people's careers. So um, they actually sold those number of years ago to levity entertainment but um but the flagship store you know the in hell's kitchen mm-hmm. that was where rodney dangerfield was the mc elaine boozler mm-hmm. i mean you had uh oh, elaine. The, elaine uh karen black was a waitress and a hostess 
Um, Danny Aiello was the piano player and a bouncer. Mm. Joe Piscopo was a doorman. Wow. I mean, this is just, it's comedy royalty, really. It just goes on and on. Yeah, Lily Tomlin, Freddie Prince, Billy Crystal, Larry David, Jimmy Fallon, Jerry Seinfeld. I was going to say, yeah, and Youngin's out there. If you haven't, she's she doesn't get the credit she deserves as far as female comics. Go Google or YouTube Elaine Boozler yes. and, and look at some of her routines. Seriously, oh, she's under she is underappreciated in my opinion. She was right up there with with Joan back in the eighties, and well, she was on Carson with Joan a lot. So go go Google her, Youngins. Yeah. Yeah. She's still alive. Yeah. Oh, she is. Oh, She's I, 70, yeah. I thought she yeah. passed, but I. Mm-hmm. She was interviewed recently for that uh, uh, CNN series on late night, actually. Oh, that oh, great okay. series in the history of late night. She was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so you always I think it's fun when I find out that certain people are uh, fans of Taylor Swift that you wouldn't expect. Bruce Springsteen is one of them. He <laughs> said that he is a Swifty and uh, shared the singer's new album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With oh. his daughter, and his daughter's a fan. So oh, big fan. Anyway, yeah. he just he thinks that she's a great songwriter, and he can't wait for all of her new records. Cute. The king, the the, the boss, the, the boss. The boss. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh yeah. More stories, more stories like this on our website. Hey, while you're on the internet, go download the newest episode of Kitty and Dawn's podcast, News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. And speaking of podcast, we'll be dropping a new episode of TFG tonight. We'll be right back. Nutrisource, a family like no other. Hi, my talkers. It's Chase for Nutrisource, the official dog food of our boys, Dexter and Mr. Big. Well, you know, my boy Dex is uh, getting older, uh, the George Clooney gray phase of his life. And I'm just grateful that he's had a good base of nutrition, uh, courtesy of Nutrisource. I say that because if you're listening, um, Nutrisource has a variety for all of your dogs. No matter the breed, size, age, weight, they have it. That's one of the great things about their library of products. You need treats, Nutrisource has it. You have a dog that needs a little weight management, boom, they have it. You need grain-free food, Nutrisource has it. And if you have a picky eater like I do, their new kombucha will help you because it's a bone broth food topper you pour right over the kibble. Find a retailer near you at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Chan has some dinner. Time now for Angel Out of Context. It's a little eyes. There's a little eyes. There's a little eyes. This has been Angel Out of Context. And for our lovely Spanish-speaking members of our audience. Ahora, tiempo para Angel sin contexto. You don't know we're uncle. He's weird. So that stuff, maybe this some of his stuff that'd be funky. And you know what? Not that funky in your hands. Ese fue Ángel sin contexto. There we go. Ángel out of context. We're glad you're here, Jason and Alexis in the morning, right here on my talk and streaming around the globe on our app. I'm Jace with Lex and Dawn. Coming up in a little bit, uh, Dawn will give you an update on the semifinals of the Great British Bake Off. Was this week week as weird as last week? (laughs) Coming up in just a little bit. But first, um, I've had this on the sheet for a little while, but uh, uh, this is a a podcast that I've been devouring. And I should have just put on the sheet that it was an ab fab. Absolutely fabulous. 
I'm talking about Simply Vanished. Uh, Simply Vanished is a podcast um, based here in Minnesota. The host is from here. And uh, as you can tell by the title, it is a... Um, he, he doesn't like the true crime label, but for our purposes, we'll say for ease of, of explanation, it's it's of the true crime variety. Uh, it's focusing on folks that have well vanished and the first season and the catalyst for him even doing this podcast was the disappearance in 2002 of St. John student uh, Josh Gimond, who we recently talked about on this show in conjunction with the new season of unsolved mysteries mm. and Josh's pod, this podcast goes uh, even further than the unsolved mysteries episode and a quick primer, a quick primer about the Josh Gimone case. This was in 2002 this was a St. John student who, after a night of playing cards with his friends, he left the party, didn't tell anyone around, and I'm going to say around, because this is even up for debate, somewhere like around midnight, left the party, didn't tell anyone, which was out of character according to his friends and was never, never heard from again. And... This guy was, and I know you hear this a lot. It's the cliche when relatives and friends are interviewed. When someone disappears, you always hear them say, you know, Tracy was the best person. Yeah, She was destined for greatness. But in the case of Josh, Gimon, this guy, this it does seem out of character. Because everybody that you talk to thought this guy was going to be a politician. Like, he was a superstar. He was... Yeah. He was going to be something big. So just vanishing or jumping into the lake, which was which was and is a theory because there's a body of water. Mm. Um, it just didn't seem logical. Yeah. Um, they had they had dogs out there and the trail that the dogs picked up ends on a bridge. Mm. But again, but again, nobody is buying the theory that he jumped in a body of water. I forgot what the body of water is on campus there. I'm sure Colin will text me because Colin's a Johnny. Uh, Colin okay. went to St. John's. Yeah. What this podcast, and I get the, I get the, the Ghiblis talking about this. Oh. What Josh uncovers, Josh Newville's his name, there, ha- there was a van, like a vehicle that... Many students, and I say, I think there was like six or seven that Josh has spoken to, that this vehicle with three to three, usually three, usually four men would pull up next to guys and try to get them inside the vehicle by saying, hey, where's this bar at? There was like a a party bar. You want to come with us? And, and one uh, well, actually, there's two guys that Josh speaks to, and one had a terrifying episode with this car, with these guys that are that are driving around campus. Oh my gosh! And this, the one episode took place a couple weeks before Josh disappeared. And the guy, this is what creeped me out listening to. I believe it was episode three. 
the guy in the back seat. So, you know, the, the, well, let's, for the sake of the story, let's just call the student Jeff. Okay. Jeff is approached by this car on campus and they open the front door. They open the, the passenger side and he can see the guy, the third guy in the back seat and the two guys in front of trying to convince the student to get in. Oh. And the guy in the back seat never makes eye contact with the student. He's looking straight forward with his arm around the back seat, but never looking at the Uh-oh. student. And the guy interviewed Jeff again, where that's I'm making up that name, said that guy in the back seat just creeped him out. And they pursued him. They were chasing him into the swampy area. And the swampy area is an area of interest because there were uh, the night after Josh was discovered missing there were items found in this swampy area on campus that was sexual in nature Uh, i won't i won't go into it yeah but um it was an unusual pile of stuff and multiple people have reported these types of incidences with this car full of three to four men (gasps) so the case remains unsolved but here's the good news since Unsolved Mysteries right. and since his, his sensational podcast and the work that he has done, I'm talking about Josh Newville, they have received hundreds of new leads Good. and roommates and friends of Josh that have been <sighs> unwilling to talk over 20 years because yeah. we just celebrated the 20th anniversary, by the way. Mm. Friends and roommates that have been unwilling to talk are now slowly emailing Mr. Neuvel, interviewing the host of the podcast. Fantastic. And Josh made a really good, because I said to him, I I interviewed Josh on the talk show, and I said, I go, I got to tell you, as a listener to this podcast, what frustrates me, I said, and I'm not casting blame, but I'm just telling you, I'm like, why aren't more people in his orbit talking? It's as you as you consume this, you will get frustrated. Yeah. And he said, well, there's multiple reasons. But he said, you know, there is an aspect of it that he believes is just, you know, how that there's a Minnesota. We're kind of ingrained. If you're especially if you're born a race here, you don't want to get involved. Oh. You don't. You don't. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not I, I, I sometimes sure. stereotypes exist for a reason yeah. or cliches, you know, and it's not passing judgment on people. Everyone has their own reason. But he said a, a little bit of it probably is that people just, oh, they want to mind their business. Oh, you know, they're not they're not bad folks. They just don't want to get involved. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I thought, oh, that makes a lot of a lot of sense to me. But I would go if I were you, my talkers, go watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode. It's in the new season. It's called What Happened to Josh? And then devour this podcast called wow. Simply Vanished. You'll be obsessed. Don't confuse it with Up and Vanished, which is another podcast that has three seasons of. Um, yeah, there's another. Yes. Just, this oh, is okay. Simply Vanished. Oh, Up and thank Vanished you, is really freaking good, too. But if okay. you want to follow Josh's story, this is Simply Vanished. Simply Vanished. And Colin said, thank you, Kyle. Love you. There are three lakes, but Stump Lake is the one cops are focused on. Okay. So. Yes. Oh, I guess I, I guess even go being a student there at St. John's for, oh, for Colin and oh, for yeah. you know anyone who goes there. I mean, I'm sure that this is 
conversation. Yep. And they talk about what happened to him and where he could be. Oh, there's all sorts of theories about sexual predators in the area that are known. And it's, it's, oh. uh, I won't reveal everything, but Josh said there's so many leads coming. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now, and it's just so many leads. Because for the family, you know, to have, you know, you you never, you always are hopeful that your son... And they're Could both alive, by the way, mom and dad. Are yes, alive. yes. Well, it's so, been so years. To, to have people interested again yep. is really good. That's a level of comfort. You know yes. what I mean? All, the ultimate comfort is getting some resolution of what happened to their son. Yeah. But just knowing, because I'm sure they are frustrated oh. that more people in the orbit aren't talking. Well, right. they, they, they express that. And it's complicated. I don't, it, there, there's a complicated dance with that that they get into. So I don't want to just say, you know, I'm not uh, assigning good and bad. Right. They have a complicated relationship and uh, multi layers. But I'm just saying, as a parent, just knowing that people are interested in that's helping. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Oh my gosh, yes. Simply vanished wherever you get your podcast. I'll put a link up too on our show page at mytalk1071.com. Thanks, sweetie. Mm-hmm. When we come back, is this week's episode of Great British Bake Off as weird as last week's? Donald Tay, we come back. Loving this song. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love Pink so much. Did you see she's touring with Brandy Carlisle? Oh yeah. Oh. I love this song. You gotta song. go, Alexis. Oh, I'm going. I'm there. Yeah. Have you guys looked outside recently? Uh no, not Girl. Is it Girl. how much snow yeah. do we have? It is a little snowmageddon-ish. Poor Donna's really struggling to get here. Oh, is she? Oh yeah, like drive she might safe, have to D-Val. Stay. Oh no, okay. Yeah. Oh D Val, drive safe. The show's not worth you getting hurt. No, it's, it's just not. radio. It's just oh. radio. Anyway, be careful out there. Yeah, it's it's uh as Kenny said, have you crashed yet? Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, welcome back to our show, everyone. If you are in the car taking your time, thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. I'm Jace with Lex and Dawn. Okay, more TV talk. Um, Great British Bake Off. Last yes. week was weird. The <laughs> two of us agree. It was weird. It was weird. How about this week, Dawn? I think that um, this week was hard. I oh. think it wasn't as weird because I did stay in the realm of patisserie. Yeah. So they stayed in the realm of what that is traditionally to people, which would be French, really intricate desserts. Yeah. Um, I I think that the second challenge that Prue gave them was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, All right. Yeah. So you can actually find the recipe <laughs> on greatbritishbakeoff.co.uk. You can get all the recipes there that they do. This challenge was the um, technical challenge, and it was chocolate, hazelnut, and raspberry vertical tarts. Let me repeat, Mm. vertical tarts? When they announced that, you know, uh, Noel was like, you're going to have to make chocolate, hazelnut, and raspberry (laughs) vertical tarts. Everybody looked at each other like, what the hell is a vertical tart? 
Yeah, what is that? Well, it's a stands up. It's like unnecessarily like standing on a side? up. Like I'm thinking on of a little a pie. Think about like a hamster wheel, okay? Okay. okay. But okay. uh yeah, so that's the base of it. It's short crust pastry around it and um then there's a half circle of chocolate mousse, a semicircle, sorry, which one of the contestants had a very hard time with knowing what a semicircle is. And he, <laughs> sorry, I said he, but there's only one woman left, so that yeah. leaves a lot. Um, he cut it like <laughs> if you took a disc and then you cut it in half, like long ways, but not down to where it yeah. would be a half a circle. It would be a just two circles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just two, two circles, circles, two smaller circles instead of a half a circle. Okay. Okay. So the, the semicircle, which is like a half moon, sits inside the round disc, the hamster thing, <laughs> which is only a strip. It's just like, this isn't a hamster ball. It's a strip that goes around that has to be baked perfectly the half disc of mousse sits in the bottom then they had to make raspberry jelly and have a small thin layer of that on top and then they had to make these they had to make um some some uh whipped meringue or some yeah i believe so and then put little daubs of that raspberries in between inside this circle little chocolate discs inside the circle like and then a, some gold no. leaf wow alexis i'm going to send you wow <laughs> the difficulty they 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 um they will rate the difficulty level and this was a difficulty of 3 out of which is three. very yes, oh, okay difficult. got it and it has so many steps i'm looking at it right now and i'm like it's... step 17 i'm on right now and oh this is not gosh. worth it when you look at how much you get to eat and is it going to be satisfying to somebody who eats it? Mm. No. Maybe if you're at Posh Spice's wedding. But God, just can we just get a little bit more pedestrian here? Yes. Some of these. Like, I understand it's a French patisserie challenge. Yeah. But if you saw this in the case, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't buy it. Probably it's not. Pretty, I mean, but it is it's the semifinals, not... though, right? So they needed to come up with something a little bit more than Don, s'mores. That's Don, true. would I... What I thought of it, or how I term, uh, gave it the headline, is it's the equivalent of like finger food, of like tweezer food yeah. for for baking. It's like the you know when they, when they put one little pea and then a dribble of sauce and then mm. one little shrimp, yeah, a dribble of sauce. It's yeah, like it's like you're precious. not. It's not. Yes, it's too precious, and it's it's not really for eating. It's just for <laughs> visuals. The first, but, yeah, for sure, I totally agree. The first challenge yeah. was mini Charlottes, which it's like every time they come up with it, you're like, what the hell is that? It's mm-hmm. a little mini cake that has filling inside. That was a that that was a good one. But then the final challenge was, which I love it when they have to build a structure. It's the worst because they're gluing pieces of of a uh, biscuit together with like caramel yeah. or mm-hmm. chocolate, and it's supposed to stand up. And there are some spectacular things that happen. I'll, I'll just say Sabira makes something that's like, what? How do you even get that to stand up? That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. But are the flavors good enough? And so everybody was kind of half and half with it either looked good and didn't taste good or the opposite. So it was a very hard Ooh. decision who had to go home.
Do you agree with who went home? Or are we no. sad? Oh, you don't. I'm sad. <gasps> Interesting. Mm. Well, I'm catching up tonight. I need to catch I, up too. Yeah, I mean, I'm catching up at tonight. This point, yeah. Yeah. It's sad if anyone goes, but yep. now yeah. now it's going to be the last week. So, it's the final 3. It's yep. it. More TV talk oh. tomorrow including my review of uh, The White Lotus episode 3. Lex, you going to watch that watch too? that tonight too. Wow, okay. we got so much to watch. I know. What's Go new? out there and be yourself. Nobody That's can tell you're doing it wrong, right? That's right. You be you. Have a great day. We love you so much.